everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Fan With, where it's not really Fan With, but it's a control spoiler cast. We are going to Yay. spoil the living uh, mold, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, the living mold yeah. out of control, uh, Remedy's 2019 awesome video game. I am Danielle, and I'm joined today by managing editor Steven Strom. Hi. Social editor Nikki Grayson. It's a me. <laughs> and our intrepid leader, editor-in-chief, John Warren. Oh, intrepid leader. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. The director yeah, himself. Yeah, the director. Yeah. The director, yeah. I am the director uh, of this oldest house. <laughs> yep. It sure is. You know, I like to think of Fanbyte as the oldest house. You know? Uh, I do, too. I it's mean, always you know. changing. Yeah, it sure is. We've got a sense of humor about things. Mm-hmm. We might have, you know, deranged puppets lying around somewhere. Yeah, there's mold say? in them. I, I sit in rooms often and shout at rubber duckies. So it's like, <laughs> it's pretty much, pretty much par for the course over Some here. Some of us fight with refrigerators. At, you know? room. at, at least one oh. person on the payroll knows exactly how many parts are in a 747 airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that's actually uh, correct. Uh, so, yeah. so to start us off today, normally when we do like the you love to see it format, which I have adapted here because I'm not very creative today. Uh, but normally when we do this, we do a sort of setup with uh, the description of the game. But I kind of think most of us are fairly familiar with this game. Uh, and if you're not, this probably isn't the podcast for you because we are going to spoil not only plot points and things about characters, but also things about mechanics and levels and things like that. So if you're not familiar with the game and uh, you don't want to be spoiled, you downloaded the wrong podcast. It's yes, okay. Yes, does kill Dumbledore. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, go, go back through our feed and get Ratatouing. Yes. You love our to number see one it. episode. Our number one episode, Ratatouing. It really That's is. That's not a joke. It's, not it's a really joke. true. Not a joke. It's, it's super true. It's, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Speaking of altered world events, we could talk about <laughs> we could talk about rats are towing. Um, the cat anyway, is a yeah. dumb monkey, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you might be right. Uh, some framing I thought might be helpful uh, for this this cool and good episode that we're about to do here that we're already, we've already started is that this game made it to the very top or in the top three or the top five a, a lot of our 2019 uh, game of the year list. This was a, a beloved game among our staff. Uh, and I know everybody uh, on the staff has either played a little of it or is intending to play it or uh, has beaten it. And I think everybody in this room, this virtual room, because none of us are in the same room. That's not true. <laughs> Two of you are in the same room. Uh, most of us are not in the same room. Uh, we put it all pretty high. We all beat the game and put it all pretty high. So I want to dig into what makes this game, uh, what made it beloved in the last year and what has made it kind of uh, special and unique and interesting because I don't think it's a terribly easy to categorize type of game. No, yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, go ahead, please, Steven. Okay, I was just going to say, I just pulled up my game of the year list for 2019 uh, to remember whether I actually like ranked it. It was my number four on the list. And I, yeah. I think that actually is a perfect spot for it. I, a lot of the time when I go back at those lists, I always think that I maybe uh, misranked them. But no, I still feel pretty good about number four for that because it is a game that is, you know, it's... Should I, Do we want to like lay up what the premise of the story is do we want to like where do we want to start even because yeah, it's like sure. i think i think the premise is a good place to start okay 
Because the premise is like the best part. The premise is the thing that basically <laughs> carries this whole game forward, which is that uh, you are Jesse Faden. You're this kind of like random person off the street. At least that's what it seems like at first who wanders into this crazy brutalist architecture building called the oldest house and it's this massive sort of like the building from men and the intro of men in black you know when they go into the build <laughs> when will smith goes into the building um just this huge architecture that's all concrete but there's no one there there's no one at the front desk there's no security there's no nothing there's nobody to greet you um, yeah, there's just a note that says you can't bring rubber duckies or ketchup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, <laughs> no iconic objects. I think is like yeah. I forget how they what exact term they use to describe it, but yeah, like anything that would be like <laughs> like iconic of its type of thing. Basically, like what would a totem be in mm. Inception? Mm -hmm. Like, don't yeah. bring that into Please. the house. Please don't. Right. No Beyblades. Uh, yeah, you will kill Ken Watanabe <laughs> if you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, so it's like a super striking instant, like first great impression. Um, and you know, you run into this kind of like incredibly David Lynchian, both in like terms of how he performs and also what he looks like character called Ati, who's a janitor in this place. And then what you end up discovering is that this place is kind of a paranatural, I think is the term that they used for it, uh, supernatural defense building kind of construct that is meant to like protect the world from kinds of wild shit that happens in like magic and other things that like crawl in from other universes and things like that. And, and crucially it's invisible to everyone except for people looking for it. Yeah, yeah. it's got, this is going to make sense to like four people, but it's basically got a chameleon circuit from Dr. Who. If the people, <laughs> that yeah, you're right. It makes uh, sense to me. No, I'm, I'm not true. one of the four. No, that's me. <laughs> oh, that's you. It's me. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, uh, where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, basically your like eye just slips past it. Like you just never think yeah. twice about lo looking at it. It's a very wet building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, it does get wet in some spots. We'll probably yeah. get to. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's <laughs> you know you end up you so you get in. Jesse goes and talks to people. Finds that the the, the building has been taken over by uh, hostile presence. That is never really fully explained called the hiss. It's like a uh, invasive sort of like viral sound, like a evil frequency that has infected most of the people in the building and is mutating some of them. A few are protected by these uh, big giant like subwoofers that they wear on their chests called HRAs. Uh, and they're like, well, you're the director now. You have a cool gun. You're the director. And Jesse's like, OK, I guess I am. <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> falls into this job, like trying to cleanse the oldest house, which is the name of the building, as it turns out, of this yeah. uh, invasive presence. I, I think just just to answer your question, Danielle, like really simply about like kind of why I love it. I, I love games that take place five minutes after the incredible world building turns on its head like yeah. that's and that's exactly what this is like that's what made me made me love bioshock when it first came out is this kind yeah. of feeling of you know all, all kind of like clumsiness of some of that plot aside like that game is really special in the sense that um everyone everyone besides you uh, is super familiar with the depth of this world, except the depth of that world mm. has just betrayed everyone. Right. Except yes. for you, who is none the wiser about any of this shit. And it's like, it's a really fun game to navigate because everyone 
should know more than Jesse Faden. Right. But yes. they but they kind of fucking don't because they're in uncharted territory. So it's kind of fun to see all these characters just be like, oh, boy, yeah, they just handed us these HRAs. And uh, <laughs> God, man, he was kind of weird about it, but we didn't really think a lot of it. Anyway, um, all my <laughs> friends are dead. You know, like it's just kind of it's kind of like a I don't know. I just I the the beginning of this game. Of, oh, my God, I'm rambling. But no, no, I played I played so much of this game before it came out uh, because yeah. at preview events and stuff like that. Right. And basically the, the part that they let us play was uh, just like the early chunk of maintenance um, stuff. Mm-hmm. And like gameplay wise, like that gets you into a lot of the action, but like story wise and like kind of table setting wise, it's not super strong, but like the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of this game, I was just like, Oh, I am, I am super here. Like every every single memo, I'm I'm trying to fill out all the redacted bits. I'm like, I'm super super into the world. It just that left a really 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 strong first impression um, on me. Literally yeah. that that first one that you know has been mentioned already. Where it's like, hey, don't bring in rubber ducks or number two pencils or whatever. Yeah, it's like, great. It's the it's yeah. it's kind of it's such a good little thing of like what conveyance usually is in games like Mega Man X or whatever, where it's like, oh, or in, in Super Mario, where it's like, ah, a little little chestnut is coming at me. I need to jump over it. Except it's like that for text logs. It's like, <laughs> it, it's, it takes such a, like, a generic thing that you should be, like, uh, uh, just completely tired of by this point as a person who plays video games and lets yeah. you know, actually, no, these are going to be good. Make sure you read all of them. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Nikki, I want to hear from you and your sort of first impressions of the game and, you know, some of some of what made it special for you. And, and I think it was also in your top tippy yeah, top. It was my here. it was my it was my video game of the year. Yes. Um, number one. It was my number one. It is so hard to make a video game funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it like it is so remarkably difficult because for a lot of reasons. Main chief being, it's hard to be funny. Like it's just like a difficult thing to do, mm-hmm. um, and it is a difficult thing to set a tone and then adhere to that tone for the entirety of like a piece, right? Um, and that first, like, I don't know, it. We've already somehow made it trite, but that first memo you pick up that is like, please, 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 do mm-hmm. not bring any of this in here. It will go very bad. Right? Is like. <laughs> Oh, okay. Like, there's no reason this memo that is like an internal office memo should be good or entertaining to me, a person who has just walked into this office building. (laughs) But they do so much work in that opening, like, 20, 30 minutes to immediately place you inside of this living office building that is very bizarre. Like, it is, it should, it does not adhere to the normal laws of the world. Um, (laughs) But it is still at its core an American office building so all of the idiosyncrasies that come along with that are so intertwined with the way that the oldest house is constructed um that like I was instantly like oh I'm gonna lean all the way into this because it's already got me when like the first time you look at a picture 
um, of the old director, oh. and then you you become right. the director, oh. and then all of the all other of pictures becomes, yeah. become you. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, word, mm-hmm. like the okay. I did I did a literal camera double yeah. take, yeah. in one room, <laughs> yeah. where I was like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna right thumbstick my way out of what? what? I was just like, oh. <laughs> Uh, that's me, huh? Okay, cool. No. I think it was so smart of them too to put one of those um, big ass shelters in one of the first yeah. uh, yes. rooms that you come oh, into. Yeah. So you're like, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so things are so there's things I need to be sheltered <laughs> from in this office. Right. Good. Okay. I just don't know what they are yet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Whatever they are, they are roughly the equivalent of like an atomic bomb because these are developed mm, to, yeah. to look like bomb shelters. Blocks. Yeah. I do want to say one thing about the portraits thing too, which uh, kind of circles back onto where I was starting with my whole talk about why this is number four on my list and not higher. Uh, which is just a quick thing about like this is also a game that like you know it has a great intro, it has great story, it has great writing, it has great characters, it also had a very rough launch in terms of bugs yeah. and balance and other stuff, so that first moment of, like, those um, uh, those portraits changing, for me pre-release, like, pre-even day one patch in some cases, was a little bit undercut by the fact that this game has some of the most atrocious pop-in, texture pop-in, that is, that I yeah. have ever seen in a video game, so, like, a lot of those times that I would be looking at those things, it would literally just not be there, it would just be, like, a big blank blob and then i'd have to wait for that <laughs> image to show up and i to load in yeah and th- th- i feel like they've gotten past that a little bit since then but like yeah. at the time yeah. when i was playing it when a, for review pre-release it was like ugh, ugh. oh don't, don't get it twisted this game straight up ate my gun an hour and a half in. <sighs> I loaded it. You did the reverse speed run. Yeah, I did. No, I loaded in my game. I had already got the service. Runny McGunny or whatever. Slimy McGunny. That's what it's called. Yep. I had already picked up the service weapon. I got about an hour and a half into the game and then I loaded up, loaded it up again. And, you know, Jesse just didn't have her ding dang gun anymore. You need that. And I had to start the game over. So, yeah, I in my second attempt, I have not had any sort of game breaking bugs but yeah i mean it's it it's got some of those issues for sure yeah i think that uh that's super fair i i i only encountered one really intense bug in my entire playthrough but that's gonna count in a different category because it actually helped me beat a really horrible mm-hmm. boss mm-hmm. so okay. it ended up being a positive for me but that also speaks to a negative which i, I do want to talk about in a little bit but i, I did want to talk a little bit about some of the things we're all kind of Uh, talking about here but also go into the fact that for me what makes this game absolutely work what made it it was my number two by the way for for my uh games Mm. of the year and it would have been one if it weren't for some of the difficulty spikes but it was my number two i loved it i adored it part of what i love about it is the fact that it's mixing a lot of like really kind of creepy awkward horror tropes and a lot of stuff about morphing and moving and almost cosmic horror kind of stuff going on with just the most batshit humor. Like, the tone of yeah. this game does swing wildly. And in the first hour, we have some of the humor, as evidence from some of the notes and things. We do have Ati, <laughs> who you don't know if Ati is actually evil, or he's just a wacky or guy, right? Or we, if he's We learn that later on. But, mm. you know... Uh, and then the, you you encounter things like the director and the board, and you're going into things like the astral plane to sort of learn your first powers. And then you're going uh, to the the call room, 
Yeah, the the hotline. The hotline, of course. And you're not really sure if it's like, okay, aliens are talking to me. So there is a lot of really intense tone changes at the top where I was in it to win it either way. I love horror and I like comedy that actually works. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, But it was kind of doing both. And I was like, there are very few games that actually do this well. There are great horror games and there are a couple of funny games. Like Nikki said, it's real hard to get this right. But this is doing both. And I am digging this. But there was never a moment in this game where it didn't have that edge of, oh, this is fucking funny. Also, my head might explode in two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that is the thing that I didn't realize until because I played I played this game almost entirely like on my couch with my partner, Katie, sitting next nice. to me watching. And this game is scarier than it should have been. Like, I I do not like <laughs> scary things. Mm. Yeah. And this game is way scarier than my body should have been able to handle. <laughs> um, yeah. But because, like, it is so well-crafted and at no point are you any... I, there was just something about how well it's paced that, like, at no point was I like, ah, ah. Like, the anxiety never got to the point where I was like, I need to start this off right now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. They and, they dose you well. Yeah, that's a it's a good <laughs> dose of just kind of, um, uh, 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 and then you're like, oh man, yeah, I can't believe I did that. Whenever whenever I was in a safe kind of like, I I actually love games that don't necessarily subvert this. Right, and I'll give it give a good example in a second, but like, um. They're kind of safe areas in control that you kind of believed were safe, right? Because yeah. yep. you would cleanse them, you you know, you're you're there are people around, you're you kind of know the score. And I did appreciate those moments because you know that when you get kind of out of those core spaces that are safe, you're you're not safe until you kind of get through the whole thing. It's like where, the, the you know, save rooms in Resident Evil. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, I, yeah. I, I remember uh, playing Dead Space, and I don't remember if it was Dead Space 1 or 2, but <laughs> no, I, do remember getting, I do remember getting about 20 hours in, and there was a workbench I used, <laughs> and, when, and when I stopped using it, one of those fuckers was just behind me, <laughs> yep. and I was, like, I was like, oh, hey, fuck off. <laughs> like, 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 this is my safe space. That's a funny horror joke you just played on me. But now I'm mad at you for the rest of the oh, fuck you. Yeah. One of my absolute favorite moments in any horror game of all time. I think it is. I think it is two, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm I not sure. I think it's two. I think it's two because I think it might be in that mall or mm. whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I I was like, okay, well, fuck this. Bye. Um, not bye. That's a great game. I finished it. I loved it. But like. I, I did like how they dose you with kind of this anxiety stuff. And even the stuff that's like um, not like not traditionally scary or like, I don't know, like even this, even the stuff that you know, you know, that room where they they like trapped one of those like anomaly things and it just follows you yep. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, where like I, you could see that from the outside. You saw the window. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, that's the only thing that's in there. Those are fine. Like they, you know, they're annoying, but they're fine. And I got in that room, and I'm just like, oh, oh, what yeah. am I doing? How am I doing this? I can't kill this. So where am I going to go? Yeah. And, um, they have a name too, really- like a brain burster or something like that. Because right. they like oh, yeah. the the yeah. for people who don't know what this is, or is if they're listening to this and they haven't played the game, it's like a, this big giant like it looks like a ball of like glitches of like video game glitches and liquid yeah. metal. Like, but it's yes. angry yeah. and screaming at you. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, it yells it, at you. Yep. It yells at you, yeah. And it follows you everywhere, and you basically have to uh, trap it. And yeah. I, I was like, I saw I I think what this game does really well is it shows you an area, an environment, and it kind of tells you what you need to do before you get in there, mm. but then it drops you in, and then kind of all bets are off because yeah, yep. there's either enemies or a puzzle you didn't expect or a room shift or something and so it doses you with these moments of horror really cleverly but it also um surprises you with its challenge sometimes right Um, and the other thing it does super well is when it acknowledges that it's written all of that for you in a notebook and then it is very willing to say hey this notebook fuck you Mm -hmm. and then throws it away like the the fight with the the fight in the refrigerator which is one of my favorite fights in the game because i had literally no idea what was happening throughout the entirety of it um (laughs) because some of the beats like i was like able to kind of track and like predict like i didn't know exactly how it was going to resolve um like the anchor fight for example like i knew that that was going to end up being a boss i just didn't know what the what form that boss was going right. to take i knew that i was going to have to cleanse the refrigerator what i didn't know is that the refrigerator was going to eat me and i was going to have to fight some sort of like lovecraftian horror with one large eye and multiple fucking legs inside yeah. of it like uh-huh. i didn't the, the expect former. that the, the former. former yeah God, oh, which it's so former. good because like the the moments leading up to it, when you 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 find the guy whose job it is to stare at the refrigerator because you stop looking at it, it disappears. Um, that's very funny. The guy dies in between, which is like it's a very dark, but he dies in the thirty second, not even thirty seconds. He dies in the five seconds between you opening the door to the clean room. And then getting through the second door in the clean room to actually get inside of the room where the refrigerator is, he explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's like there's like a blood like, stain leading to the fridge, stain and he's gone. As if like um, if people have seen Requiem for a Dream. It's like the dream <laughs> the old lady's dream sequence where her refrigerator comes to life and eats her. It's like that has yep. that is what is running through my mind. It's like did that thing fucking get up and get him? And then it yeah. turns out that like you said, it's actually and this is kind of an interesting thing to me as somebody who is into things like gas. CP and even going back to um, which this game draws heavily from and even going back to Doctor Who the idea of a big giant monster object cursed thing that you have to stare at or it comes to life is not yeah. new that's an SCP and it's a Doctor Who villain the yeah. Weeping Angels but the Weeping Angels yeah but this game like turns that on its head a little bit by it's just like no nah, you didn't even like yeah the the fridge comes to life and eats you but by eating you what we mean is it does transport you to the astral plane where you do have to fight a big bug and yeah. like <laughs> do, it doesn't like you know resolve in the way that, that it uses the kind of like tropes that it is clearly pulling from very heavily and then doesn't let you necessarily like uh, get comfortable with those because it's like ah actually here's a surprise boss fight and that's probably yeah. one of the better boss fights in that game, actually. Yeah. Like, and the former specifically is great because there are so I don't remember what they're called. There are people who go into the astral plane as like they're astral knots. Yeah, they yes. go into the astral plane like, but they're like kind of sitting. They're just like sitting in chairs in some place, and then they are like the the bureau is able to like basically take pictures from them inside of their brain. And I didn't find the images of the former until much Mm. after I had beaten the former. And I was like, oh, they had been trying to show me this Mm -hmm. thing for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
and the, and the the whole thing about its name too, like you you end up finding out after you fight it, you talk to the board, which we haven't really talked about yet in this uh, podcast, which is like this inverted pyramid that is kind of your boss. Yeah. Slash it's like <laughs> it's not totally clear. It's like seems to well, be the source the of your power. Yeah, it's the, the board. board. The board yeah. is the board, and it's great. It's like this big giant floating black inverted pyramid that talks to you in a mix of like, um, in a mix of like real language and fourth wall breaking jokes because it can't tell the difference. So it always yeah. like has to put like slat this slash this because uh, we don't speak like human language very well. So like we need we're going to just play it safe and put the two things we think we mean here and you can decide which one mm-hmm. is correct. Like when it says like, please go shoot slash video game these enemies or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that 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 I thought that was so unbelievably strong. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. element of the board of um, they are they are actually very clearly communicating with you, but um, in a hilarious way. Yes. Like it yes. is just such a, a funny way. And I, I know I'm not an upside down pyramid, Danielle, but is Austin Walker actually an upside down pyramid that we just don't he know? Is. He oh, is. He okay. is. Yeah. Yeah, he has many constructs, uh, but, you know, uh, at his most, you know, sort of professorly, he is absolutely an upside down pyramid. It's true. Okay, all right. Because I've never had a boss that was an upside down pyramid, so I just didn't know. Austin Walker talking about Foucault might as well sound like the board trying to explain literally anything to me. Yeah, that's true. It's true. He's a good dude. Uh, Speaking uh, of Austin, actually, folks really loved this game uh, at Waypoint, which is very, very good and, and very fun. And I and I did want to talk a little bit about how we're we're already kind of getting into it, but there are ways in which the design of this game works really, really nicely with the narrative of this game. And there are ways in which the sort of combat and powers and the way that you do get more, you know, obviously powered up the way a video game works. It's not subverting that. It's just leaning all the way into that in ways mm-hmm. that are just mm-hmm. beautiful. I think there are there's actually an argument to be made that this game is like a very light, immersive sim. It's not all the way, but it's it's almost at that point when you're fully powered up. So you you start as a relatively normal human being, uh, and then of course you get your magical gun that morphs into other magical guns, uh, and then you're able to use a launch power where you're able to kind of hold things in your in your mind's eye and fling them. Uh, you're also able to start doing that to enemies once you power that up. Mm-hmm. You're Which able to start so flying and to have a, a shield of rocks around you. And you're basically able to use psychic energy in a lot of really wild, really fun ways uh, that goes right into combat and it goes right into actually platforming. There's a lot of platforming in this game yeah. if you look for that. There's an entire area, uh, sort of the mold area, basically, that that comes into play here where it's like, oh, I couldn't go there before. Oh, now I can go there. Oh, shit, yeah. there's a whole ass area of this game over here. There are entire missions over here uh, that I, the only reason I knew to go for that was because Rob Zachney had mentioned it once. <laughs> right. Like later on, months later, as I'm playing it, I was like, he said you could do something with the mold. <laughs> like, actually went over to see it. But I actually think this part of the game is super effective. The way your powers are coming in at a really nice pace in the beginning of the game and the way that levels really open up. I'm thinking especially of the research sector, which mm. is massive. And you, it looks like a mall atrium or like a tech, you know, like oh, a very Google it. campus kind of yeah. area. But with that fucked up architecture and with all these sort of strange things coming in and you're learning about things like there's like the parapsychology area of research. There's all these Uh, other areas. You're starting to really learn about the lore of this world as you're starting to be able to play with these powers in a really, really nice kind of concurrent way. Like none of this felt to me like, 
oh, this video game is checking the boxes of I have learned about a thing. Now I am doing the thing. It just felt much more organic to me. I'm not sure. Did that feel that way for y'all as well? Or am I am I the only one who's like, well, these levels? It felt that way for me, except that I got the shield too late. Mm, um, yeah. So it meant nothing to me. Throughout the entirety of the <laughs> that game. actually did happen to me too. I didn't know I could get into that area. Same, right? Mm. Yep. I, I was like, "Oh, I can't no go there idea. yet." I think yep. I figured that out as early as you could possibly really? figure it out. Okay. Yeah. As I got it, I was like, "Oh, word!" It didn't yeah. feel like I was. I was about to get yeah. another power. Oh, cool. Yeah. The yeah. shield, like, I got so late in the process of playing the game that it did not come into the equation for me, yeah. basically at all. Even throughout the like, even in the entire game after me getting the shield, because I had played so much of it, I didn't use it without the shield. Yeah. That yeah. like the game giving me the shield was like okay. I, I also didn't see a lot of people, other people doing playthroughs where they use the shield. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I was I was entirely convinced that like I was just going to have that column in the skill tree mm. blank for the whole game. Mm. And I was like, I'm I'm sure there's something here, mm -hmm. but the game is also starting to wrap up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I don't really know what else the game could possibly give me. Yeah. Um because I was legitimately shocked when I when they give you the ability to fly. Mm. Like I oh, wasn't yeah. expecting that at all. Mm -hmm. And I was like <gasps> yeah <laughs> this rules. I uh, I think the shield is like the kind of like de facto example of this. And I think it's actually one of the weaknesses of the game is it's just like the game is not it is almost at times too open ended in that way. I feel like they should just give you the shield and maybe like put some upgrades behind like that kind of optional stuff here and there. Like I think they could strike a better balance of that sort of Metroidvania like uh, thing going on um, because the shield yeah. like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't it. know. Yeah. Like. Well, I mean, I just feel like, you know, Metroidvania design is, um, well, what are we so calling we it now? Can we say Castle Royd now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Where the fuck do I go games? Else. Please. Where the fuck do I go games? Yeah. Yeah. Where the fuck do I go games? I actually, uh, I appreciated that there was a lot of open-endedness of where you could go because when I had read that this was basically a Metroidvania, and, and uh, in, a, in a sense it still is, I really thought it'd be like, Okay, get gun to shoot red door. Yeah. Okay, That's get what, yeah. you know, get get shields you could go through door that would kill you otherwise. I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because the only the only real places I'm trying to think. The only real traversal stuff was like you said the the flying. Like the flying unlocks yeah. You know, specific areas. It it, it unlocks you get boss the, fights and, and, and dash boss does fights the same like thing it, earlier on. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, like, I think I think having some of your powers basically unlock those areas is cool. I think if all of them had done that, it would have been a very paint by numbers like yeah. um, Metroid thing. But oh, that's that's my thing. That, no, and I actually one hundred percent agree. The direction I was going with that more was actually that like I think that. I, I'm basically saying that I think they should just give you the shield as part of the all the powers, really, as part of the main progression and not necessarily gate stuff behind other things, but just make it so that like when you're yeah. looking for little things that are hidden in different parts of the world, be either because that map in that game is basically useless, intentionally so, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they want you to look at the, the signs and the diegetic like yeah. like layout of the of the world and whatnot, which again, doesn't work so well when the signs don't pop in because the textures are <laughs> Bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but I mean I actually, like. Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I just wanted to finish. Like, what I mean is, like, I just wish that, like, those hidden areas were more focused on just, like, little fun things to discover and not, like, have an entire side area with, like, this whole thing that could, like, completely recontextualize the way you want to play that game. Because for me, Mm. the shield does actually do a great job because there's no cover system in this game traditionally without the shield. So, and the the kind of the back and forth of Jesse's power is that once she gets the service weapon, the service weapon is like a magic gun that doesn't need ammo. It just recharges automatically. And you're kind of constantly going back and forth between recharging your gun and recharging your like psionic abilities. But when you don't have any kind of cover system, you're basically your only option for letting your gun recharge while you get out of cover is just dodging really fast or, or kind of wedging your way around corners in kind of like awkward ways. And I think that makes a lot of certain boss fights. I think the Danielle, you had one boss fight mm-hmm. in particular that gave you a lot of trouble where having a shield to block their shit for a while while you just got gun food back would have been very useful. Yeah, that would have been pretty rad. I was going to say in terms of the open endedness, uh, I, I loved when the game was supporting me for wanting to explore. I loved when the game was yeah. allowing me to go into the nooks and crannies and kind of have fun with that stuff. And I hated the game briefly. I It went to hatred. It went all the way to hatred <laughs> during That's one fair. boss fight. That was just a huge choke point for me. And it was it was in a place. I, I'm sure you've all <laughs> you all know it. It's like the second iteration of bro who makes a storm around himself. It's in that arena where you kind of enter it and you look down a little bit, you're allowed to kind of check out the arena a little uh, before uh, everybody kind of spawns in. Right. But I just got killed and killed and killed and killed. <laughs> I legitimately died to that dude more than any other, with one, legitimately one exception, any other uh, Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne boss in the was entirety it, of those games. Can, like, I ask, can I ask a question? Yeah. What was the Bloodborne or Dark Souls boss you the, died to uh, more? The Abyss Watchers in Dark Abyss Souls. Abyss Watcher, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm bad. I don't know. Whatever my playstyle, whatever it is, I'm just bad at, like, balancing things. That's <laughs> a like, weird fight, too, because that's like a way. fight where it's like, a mil- this is nothing. Sorry, this is not control. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's just this really frustrated me because it was like, everybody was kind of telling me, like, oh, you know what? If you're at a choke point, don't worry about it. Go do some side quests and shit. And I was like, I did every single one that's available to me at this mm-hmm. point. And so I can't really level up. I can't do the Dark Souls thing that I always do. And I will admit fully, I'm not like a great player of games. I'm not very good at a lot of games. So I and I'm not like trying to be. I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, you know, uh, come to my speed run uh, at AGDQ next year where I, I, I beat this in five minutes. Sports. Right. <laughs> but. It felt to me like this was a really shitty and kind of unfair choke point for somebody who's, you know, unable to change the difficulty or anything like that. Uh, I don't know if other folks had problems with difficulty spikes, but that one really, (laughs) that was a bad one. (laughs) This isn't, now this isn't me being like, I'm very good at games. No, because I can tell you, Nikki is not. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) He's he's good at Titanfall 2, and that's a (laughs) That's all I'm good at. I didn't get stuck on any required boss right i didn't die on any of the required bosses more than like two or three times and it was always because i was like i got the like a next a new phase started and i had not enough health and then the new phase started and i was like off ah fuck and then i died now danielle did you know that the stuff that they drop is health did you know that (laughs) 
Okay, well, you know what? You I did, sure did, I John. <laughs> I legitimately didn't know what that was, John. For a minute. They don't really it's draw your attention to it, do they? From yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Mm, money. Uh, Delicious money. The mm. boss that fucked me up the most was the anchor. Okay. Um, which is a big anchor that you look at, and then the anchor's like, I'm gonna go now, and it goes into hell, and then it comes back, <laughs> and is a big mouth that starts to shoot clocks at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah I clocks. actually didn't get to that one. Oh, uh, that Everybody boss told fight me about the anchor, sucks. and I think I did most of the optional ones, but I missed maybe two, probably. I don't the know, anchor I don't was know, one of them. Yeah. I don't even know what that gives you. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know either. But disability it, it, shit, right? I guess so. It's not yeah. a very good boss fight. But, but you, I think my my um the my frustration with boss fights is that like if I ever get to the point where I in my brain I'm like okay I get it before I get the satisfaction of killing the boss I think the 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 equation is like yeah. out of whack. Yeah. And I understood what I needed to do yeah. with the anchor boss. Yeah like 45 minutes before I was actually able to beat it because I kept getting caught out of place and not Mm. because I was like, I guess just because I was bad at the game. I guess it's the only okay. Is the only good. I'm glad we we circled back around. You know what? I'm bad at the game. I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to throw this out there. I think you're not bad at the game. I think this game has some legit actual balance issues. It does. It's super, super does. It wants you to be pretty precise, but this control scheme and this sort of uh, assortment of verbs does not allow you to be really, really precise. This is not like a Dark Souls precision type of deal. And I'm sorry I keep going towards that. It's it's just an easy, you know, it, the type of, you know what I mean when I'm talking about like a, yeah, yeah, a Souls-like yeah. or whatever, right. where it's like very demanding, but the controls are relatively precise. In control, your main power, at least the one I use the most, is your launch ability. And I loved yeah. it. I love throwing shit. Sometimes Jesse grabs the wrong ass thing. And you're kind of screwed because the difficulty level is pretty high, at least in a couple of points. Now, I didn't have trouble throughout the game, but there were a couple of choke points like that. And it's kind of like, I think you needed folks, folks at Remedy, my my, my pals, my bros at Remedy, you needed to just tweak the numbers in such a way that allowed for the fact that your controls are not super duper duper precise, especially with the launch. I I don't even... No, if it's for me anyway, I, I guess is a better way to phrase it. I don't know how much it is like the controls were a problem because I also like basically ran into zero problems with any enemy in this game except for one, which I only beat because it glitched and froze in place and I just shot it to death while it couldn't move <laughs> oh, uh, for hey, like nine straight you're, minutes. Hey, you're just you, you're just you're just giving what you're getting. You <laughs> exactly. <know> what? <laughs> That's how I felt about it. Yeah. Um, but um this game, to me, and it, as I was hearing you guys talk about it, it, it like kind of popped into my head. Like this game is to kind of desperately missing like one link in the chain of of how combat goes. It is it is missing. Yeah. It's like Doom style, twenty sixteen style glory kill equivalent. Like the thing that just yeah. like you know. I think if I think if melee mm-hmm. had had no. basically. Because I didn't really do a lot of, like, melee tree. Like, I didn't invest a ton early in that. But I think if melee had been one of those things that's like, hey, if you get a melee on someone and it kills them, it gives you, like, it, like, instantly refills your health. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yes. If something, if there had just been maybe one additional thing that's, like, strategically I can get out of this jam if I just kill one of these grunts with my bare hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, 
Oh, okay. Like if they had just had one of those things, I think we would have we may have solved the balance <laughs> issues. Yeah. My my thing was I invested so early heavily in the launch. Yeah. I did not have nearly any problems with like any enemy because hmm. you I mean, I could pick up a fucking dresser drawer and <laughs> and like beam someone with it and they were either dead or they were knocked down where I could just be like Tap, 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 to tap, tap, yeah. to tap, you're dead now. <laughs> and then you can possess, take possess, control possess, of them, possess, perhaps. Possess, possess, possess. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think I invested so heavily in that stuff that it didn't necessarily... I, I did die, though. Definitely a few times I got overwhelmed and kind oh, of yeah. lost track of enemies. Mm. And then I was just like, oh, well, you're still riddling me with bullets wherever you are. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of the thing I ran into the most was... Um, getting a little disoriented in uh, big like choke point boss fight. I mean, uh, enemy fights and then getting, you know, riddled with bullets while I'm trying to basically like make my way to cover. Like right. that's when I died the most. Yeah. But And that's where the shield know, comes I, in. I definitely agree that like I do think there are balance issues where like when the combat like sings and really works, boy, yeah. it works. Yeah. Like it's it's really fun to, uh, you know, uh, catch a grenade from a guy <laughs> and then chuck it back at like that shit when you're really on it's really really fun but there were definitely moments and, and, and indeed in some of the boss fights where I got a little frustrated just in terms of um, you know it's not a super inventive way to deal with a lot of the boss fights uh, I felt yeah. like right and, and the, the boss fight in particular that I was that the one that I had the most trouble with was the mold boss which maybe we can talk about the mold and maybe mm. just generally the side quest that type stuff that was the one that glitched Really? The same exact thing. Hmm. I looked the hell out and it was like maybe my third attempt and it just wasn't moving. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going for it. Oh, very so good. It, for me, it was like my mm, you say third. I, I'm guessing mine was about my 17th attempt because yeah. it's like because also here's another thing that makes this game a little bit more frustrating than it needs to be sometimes, which is the checkpoint system. Uh, it's oh, just yeah, oh, yeah. Huge it was uneven. Yeah, yeah I agree. It, it's it's Dark Souls style bonfires. You go to control points. They're literally called control points where you could like get side quests from the board. You know, you can you can rest and heal. You can do all kinds of stuff like that. But like sometimes they are just like ultra far away from wherever you need to be going. And if you're going to be yeah. banging your head against it, and it's not like Dark Souls where it's like it doesn't always feel as precise as Dark Souls. And maybe yeah. this gets into what you talk about, Danielle, with the precision of the combat not being there like when i go on a run up to a uh, boss in dark souls i know that i'm going to have to go through probably like five six enemies and i know i can either run past them or i can just like memorize their patterns such that i will just always be able to take them down without getting hit and then i'll fight the boss and it's no big deal but this game does not have that level of precision to it where you can just like yeah. nail those like runs and it's like this is my boss run kind of thing and getting yeah. down into that fucking basement to go fight the goddamn mold boss <laughs> where you have to like run past like those kamikaze exploding like mold men and the like clickers, the from, clickers. Yeah. yeah and and like get down into there and then the boss is like okay i i think i know okay it's like dropping poison gas i i'm not really standing in it but i'm still taking damage i'm not totally sure what's going on here Do, okay well i'm taking mm, nope i'm dead and uh, five <laughs> seconds later and then you're like all right Time for this five minute run back to the boss uh, all over again. Yeah, I maybe I'm old. You are. Um. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. If you're no old, you're older. 
So. <laughs> um, maybe I'm old. I missed some of the bonfires. Oh, like, I, I, I like also straight up just like would be like, wow, damn, like that was a boss room. But man, I had to walk a long way back. And then sometimes I'd approach the boss room again. I'd be like, oh, I just look over to the left. And I'm like, like I thought that was just like clutter, huh? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's a bonfire. So, yeah, there is. There is a control point in the mold area. Oh, right uh, down right down next to them? Not next to them. It's actually above. So if you're first going into the mold area, you just went down the elevator shaft. You just opened up into the slimy area, like the big room, the big cave. It's actually up and to the right. You have to okay. fight your way through the kamikaze assholes. And that part is pretty tough, actually. I, I died a lot in there. And then there's actually a threshold, kids. Uh, oh, video yeah. in there somewhere and there's actually a control point where a bunch of uh, let's see they're not the astral knots but it's some sort of expedition to the huh. mold area of the building which is also mm -hmm. very funny and good right so Steven um, it sounds like you have yeah. old eyes as well oh, well, also so there, the mold there is area a control is just... point much closer yeah okay. to the boss than there, there's some visual clutter issues in this game yeah, which yeah, I think that's which, fair <laughs> which, definitely, which definitely comes with like how satisfying it is to fucking just, demolish yeah. a room. <laughs> like, oh. it is so good, but it also contributes to, like, some visual confusion in some areas, I've, I feel like. Right. Did y'all do the um, optional clothing stuff? Yeah, you can like, say Did y'all do the golden... Okay, so there's, there's two that I'm thinking of. There's the golden suit, which you go into the luck and probability room... And you have to just do gambling, basically. So I never, I never got that one. I got to that okay. room and I figured, wait, there's all these lucky cats and stuff like that. There's got to be something to this. Yeah. And but I never you knew that there was anything like any kind of reward tied to it. So I just yeah. kind of walked away. But I know the that other room, one. That room rules because if you fuck up, the room explodes. And sometimes <laughs> if you're standing in the wrong spot, you'll just get killed by a fire extinguisher <laughs> uh <-huh>. um, <laughs> as a penalty, which is cool. Um, but there's a control part outside, so that's fine. Um, and then there's the SJ fight, mm -hmm. or message, um, where you go yes. into the... Oh, fuck, what's it called? I just looked it up. It's like the... Synchronicity room? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, Synchronicity Lab. Yes. Um, and you go in there... It's my favorite have, police album. <laughs> <laughs> and they have, they have a big mirror that's in jail. They put the mirror in jail. <laughs> and... There's before you even get into the mirror, if you walk into the synchronicity lab, there is the they have all of the doors that are blocking the mirror. And then if you turn around, there is an audio log and that audio log is a doctor, um, like a doctor that works for the for the bureau talking to someone who was like gone on an expedition. And it turns out that they went on an expedition into the mirror and they are talking to the doctor, the, 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 the person who went on the expedition is talking to the doctor, but they're speaking backwards, mm -hmm. and the doctor can't figure out what the fuck is happening. Mm -hmm. And the person speaking gets more and more irate as mm -hmm. like the interview goes on. Um, you do this very tiny puzzle to get into the mirror, and then you step into the mirror, and it is the mirror version of the room you're just in. Mm -hmm. There's a second audio log that is the the person in the expedition Reverse. speaking right. normally yeah, right. mm -hmm. and the doctor is speaking backwards. It's yeah. so good. Um, and it's just, it's so it's very good. It's and then, so good. And then you fight Dark Link. And then you fight Dark Link. <laughs> Which is um, <laughs> Yeah, who has all of the abilities you have. Yep. Um, and that boss fight sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard. Really? It was great. I had no problems with it. Oh, I had a lot of trouble with that fight. I ended up just hiding in 
like a hallway adjacent. And I just like poked my head out and like threw stuff at her and then like hid and then walked back up and threw more things at her. What? Uh, because she never came into the hallway. What yeah. I keep hearing what I keep hearing is a bunch of people being like, Man, I never needed that shield, and then a bunch of people saying, like, yeah, but this boss fight was way harder. <laughs> well, I got rid of the bullets. I, I didn't have the shield yet. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the thing. Wait, 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 wait this is crucial. End. This is crucial. Did she use the shield? No. Oh, interesting. She didn't use but the shield. But my Jesse okay. used things I didn't have yet. Okay. For See, sure. See, that's not fair. Yeah. It's bullshit. That's not fair. Yeah. Not she really was using, like, that dive bombing flying really power, which I version. super ah. did not have yet. Yeah. yeah. The, the well, Halo she, no, 5 ground no, pound. It's fine, because she's like just you, but it. stronger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I um, mean... That fight was good. That outfit is banging. It's such a good outfit. She's got like tassels that like go off of her shoulders. You oh, spin incredible. around and there's like, it's good. All the you outfits in the game are good. Even the intern outfit is good. <laughs> yeah, that one is actually great. And that's a point I definitely do want to talk about. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe this is a good time for it. I wanted to just say uh, throughout the game, I really loved, uh, and they go right into this with the intern stuff. I actually really loved what they do with like imposter syndrome and Jesse. Cause mm -hmm. Jesse is someone who she talks about how she's had a lot of like blue collar jobs. Like, you know, when she and Ati have kind of their moments, she talks a lot about being like, Oh, you know, I, he, this dude's like my people. Like I've done yeah, a lot of janitorial right. jobs. Like she's really very, respects the, the yeah, role, she like yeah. respects him, respects his whole vibe. And she feels like, Oh my God, I'm the director. Now I touched the gun and I'm the director. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like I can't be good enough for this. And then there's actually a point after the sort of fake out, there's a, a, a giant, uh, combat set piece uh, that uh, is also pretty tough. I died a few times there. Uh, but after that, you go into this sort of dream sequence where it's this, oh my god, it's as if she's just getting coffee and making copies and doing all this stuff. And it's obviously, like, pretty weird and there's a lot of sort of effects going on, but she feels like, oh, I should just be an intern. I don't, I don't deserve to be the director yet, which is, like, a very, like... I'm sure everybody feels this, but I'm just going to say, like, as a lady, I, I super kind of felt this one. Like, oh, you know, you're the boss. And you're supposed to be the boss, but people treat you like you're the intern or you treat yourself like you're the intern. It was very much like, hey, good job. This is actually in this wild ass game where there's, you know, deranged puppets telling you about phenomena and paranatural shit. And you go to a quarry that might be on Mars. Who knows? There's also this, like, really kind of, you know, there's this really, like, poignant and grounded little piece about feeling imposter syndrome that I thought was like, that's fucking awesome, actually. Yeah. That's good. It's actually why I cannot wear that outfit in that game is because it is so like... <laughs> It, there is such a, like a creepy vibe and I think it is intentional and I think the game like does it very well but it is such a yeah. creepy weird sort of like um Findom vibe of like you know <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> Jesse being like you know like I don't know like knocked down a peg by like society and everything else that's going on uh in this whole situation and stuff like that and it's just like nope going back right back into that like cool <laughs> board suit or the fucking Sith Jesse uh mirror outfit those are way better uh but yeah every time I like was in that scene I felt like that was actually the creepiest the whole game was to me was just yeah. because it leans so into that like psychological aspect of it and like they sell that and I think part of that is just the strength of the voice acting like the woman who plays Jesse yeah. is really, yes. really fucking good Courtney, at this. Oh, Courtney really Hope, good. Courtney I believe, Hope. is the, the actress. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 
it's just really a really awesome kind of grounding moment in a game that doesn't have a lot of grounding moments, and that's okay, and that's yeah. actually very good. How long I did wanted y'all... to ask. Oh, oh sorry. I was no, going to no, ask no, go how long it. y'all sat in the room with Zachariah uh, in that scene. Because he talks for like five minutes. Oh, yeah. He talks, yeah. <laughs> he talks for really? a long time. Um, oh, shit. I don't oh, know. Yeah, he talks for a really long time when you go in there, and I like. I, the number of times I was like, all right, he's going to loop. Like, it's about to loop right yeah, now. And I'd, just, like, start to walk, and he would say new words. And yeah. I was like, all right, if I it, guess. Eventually, he just tells you his recipe for chicken ketchup. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up. really weird. It's really <laughs> weird. He doesn't even use chicken, which is why. Well, he's vegan. He's vegan. So, I mean, he uses, he uses artichoke hearts, which I think is a good substitute. Um, uh, I... <laughs> now that like it's been so long since I played this game, it took me a minute to even remember. But I, I a while, like I do, I usually when there's something like that happens in a game, I wait as long as I possibly can, and I did wait for a good long while. But I was also at a deadline, so I was like, all right, let's yeah. wrap this up. <laughs> let's ra- wrap this up, Max Payne. Let's we we got stuff Zach. to do. Let's go, Max Payne. <laughs> Listen, you know, listen, the guns. Let's, let's go, whatever, Max Payne. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really good. Uh, yeah, I I love little touches like that, and I think this game does so many of them. Ati has a lot of really hilarious dialogue if you just mm. kind of hang Ati around him. Ati is very good. And he's, played by, a, he's played by like a famous Finnish actor. Yeah. Oh, really? Which I, which I was like, oh, that checks out because he's definitely got like um, a confidence with his acting and I was like, okay, yeah, that's, it's, it's great. I love Ati I, so much. One of my favorite things about Ati has nothing to do with the character, but with like a bunch of people in the early days of this game coming out or people reviewing it or whatever, it's just like, man, what kind of weird, strange kind of characteristics are they trying to give this character? I'm not co- totally sure. And then like days later, people just being like, it's just a Finnish accent. <laughs> it's just, yeah, just Finnish. <laughs> that's his whole vibe. It's just Finnish. You're like, ooh, what does Perkele mean? <laughs> <laughs> What, what strange re- messages must he be parting? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like... It's he was so on good. SNL once. Oh. It's like, oh, is he, is he speaking the uh, the Sierra Rose language? The <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong country dipshit. Uh, um, what was he on SNL? I don't know. He was on SNL in 2016. Weird. Oh, hell yeah. He's great. I, I want to ask about some other favorite characters. I'm sure Dr. Casper Darling will come up. <sighs> Dr. Darling is dope, yeah. Yeah. Matthew Pareto. Uh, yeah, Alan Wake. Oh, the cop guy. <laughs> no? Matthew Pareto oh, was Dr. Casper guy. Darling is all I'm saying. Oh, sorry, sorry. The actual actor. I was like, are you talking about the cop who like kind of negs you every time you stop talking to him? Or, like, oh, uh, <laughs> Simon Arish? Like that guy? Yeah, and he's like, listen, I've got work to do. Yeah, Arish <laughs> is always just like showing up places to be like, hey, <laughs> I'm just doing my job. Yeah. Like he's yeah. like the quintessential like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm doing my job. Anyway, like at every catastrophic stage of this game, he's just like, it's another Monday. <laughs> you know. And he has this he's like vaguely Massachusetts Boston X. It's not all the yeah. way by any means. This is a right. guy who maybe spent some time. in. Ma- he's not a mass hole, but he spent some time <laughs> in Massachusetts. So he's got a little bit of that. Yeah, all right, you know, all right. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. He Very was good. Thor, Daredevil, and Spider-Man 29 in the video game Lego Marvel Whoa. Super Heroes 2. Wow. Huh. Oh. Incredible. Uh, he was also in Wildlands. Wildlands. Yeah, so I'm looking at I'm looking at some of these things too. He's Wolfric, one of your summons in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is a, a weird thing to even list in this article that I'm reading because it's such a <laughs> non-character. He's like he's like basically a Pokemon. <laughs> Oh. He's the voice of Rakan in League. Is that anything? I, not for me. 
Not for anyone here. No. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, there's also. No, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what that. A what's great, a league? A lot of great care. What is league? What is league? No uh, league is me. if you ever go the to professional fighters league. That's MMA. <laughs> there yeah. you go. <laughs> I was, I was going to say that league is uh, anytime you go to a video game themed event and you see a person cosplaying as a character you don't know. That's league. <laughs> that's league. That's league. How about Emily Pope? How do we feel about Emily? Emily's great. She's cool. I thought um, they were going to get together at the end. In my brain, they're together. Yeah. DLC. They like start dating. There's DLC. The DLC. I hope they start dating. The less DLC. I, hope <laughs> I, I liked how the conference room just keeps getting more filled and yeah. filled with notes yeah. and books and stuff. Yeah, and then at one point she gets an assistant and the yeah. assistant just like yells at her from across the room, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I liked good. I liked talking to Emily. For she sure. she's just so, always so fucking happy to see you in that game. Yeah. Like, of course, yeah. she has a crush on Jesse. Like, regardless of what happens, there's always DLC. There's always downloadable yeah. lesbian content. <laughs> Who could yeah. say? Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, she has such a. I mean, like, I think it was a uh, uh, Dia Lasina uh, wrote like her game of the year list or their their game of the year list. Um, as uh, yeah. okay, as uh, fanfic of uh, Emily hitting or, or like imagining what she would say to Jesse if she could just like get her yeah. shit together. It's yes. very good. So good. So good. Uh, how about Marshall? How do we feel about Marshall? Not in it much. That's true. She kind of disappears, she, and that's got to be a DLC yeah. thing. I think right? she's DLC. Yeah. yeah, because she goes. Yeah. She goes like once you beat the game. Arish is like, yeah, she went to the quarry yeah. and, uh, fuck, dude, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she does a lot. <laughs> like, I don't know where she went. Yeah. And there's a bunch of, there, there are, in the quarry, there are, so there were, I, either I, like, missed it my first time, but I was, like, pretty litigious about, like, looking for stuff to read. You were litigious? Um, you were suing people? Yeah, I was, oh, yeah. yeah I was litigious about <laughs> I, suing I, I, You know, like, I'm exploring that game, he and it's like... He was pursuing. I was, I was, I was All of the filing things. lawsuits against this game left and right. <laughs> so I like wanted to a lot point. of money. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking frivolous lawsuits over here. I was looking very carefully Ooh. for as many things that I could read as possible. <laughs> oh, And my understanding is that some stuff was added when they added the uh, expeditions oh. thing. Oh. Um, and one of the things that I read in the quarry was that she, what Marshall was in charge of sending expeditions out into the depths of the quarry to go look for stuff. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, there which, is a little side mission there for sure. Yeah. yeah the yeah. quarry, if we should also mention too, like um, is like, one of the coolest fucking moments in this game when you like walk out oh into God. that place, the Black Rock Quarry, which we yeah. haven't we haven't even talked about like the title cards, like for the, the like the which location things, the best. Yeah, so it, it won. It won some sort of award in our game of the year. <laughs> prestigious, <laughs> yeah, prestigious, prestigious award. Game, huh? of the, game of the year. Um, yeah, yeah small, listen, small I detail. fucking love sans serif fonts. Mm -hmm. Everyone does, and yeah. big block letters are cool. Yeah, and they use that to the best of their ability throughout this game, and it's just like because. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. I no, no, no. I was, I was just gonna say. I think what I loved about at least the callback to Alan Wake, because you know, if you recall, yeah. that was a 
episodic game yep. that was supposed to be structured like a television show. Yep. That every single time I saw one of those big ass block letter titles, I go, "Oh, new episodes." Yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of like the thought I had. I was yeah. like, "Oh, all right, cool, new app starting right now." Skip credits? No Netflix. I fucking love the credits. <laughs> yeah. Don't skip it. Hell yeah. Um, but it's like that's kind of the vibe I got, which is like, you know, in another universe where Xbox Live games that were episodic actually like, you know, made their money back in a in a in a yeah. meaningful way. <laughs> Telltale made a lot of money. Um, they still exist. They still exist in their compound <laughs> well, in Malibu. Um, <laughs> and and I think like uh, like that kind of was uh, maybe an unintentional, but kind of like a a, a, a feeling throwback to um the 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 episodic feel of uh their previous game yeah i, I mean i, I think like the that. ending of this game which this is fascinating to me too because we've gone talking about this game for like an hour now and we've barely talked about the actual like plot beyond the initial like yeah. premise yep. um <laughs> but like uh even the ending of this game feels almost exactly like the it's not a lake, it's an ocean ending of Alan Wake, where it's just like, mm-hmm. and check back with us in the expansion, which literally there is a part where the board like congratulates you on like yeah. cleansing the oldest house of the Hiss when you beat the game. And it's like, mm-hmm. please check with us on, on again on your next adventure slash DLC slash expansion pass. Yeah, or it's yeah. very good. <laughs> Uh, but they they know, but also, and they have gone since gone to announce those things, which I'm excited to hear about. I'm also kind of interested in because just like it sounds like this game didn't perform super well at the video game box office. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay. I, I I haven't heard. I don't think I've read that it didn't do well. Yeah, I may. I'm I'm not sure where I'm getting that uh, information. It, it it has sold. 10 million copies worldwide. Uh, oh, no, okay. sorry. Sorry, sorry. That's no, a, that's sorry. a good number. That is Janet Jackson's control. <laughs> <laughs> that sold 10 million copies worldwide. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Are they, sorry. Uh, Remedy has... They're from the same universe. Didn't you guys oh, no. know that? This is all part of the plan. That's, listen, that album is an object of power for sure. <laughs> sure is. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, are they owned by Microsoft now? Are they one of those pickups? No. No? Remedy okay, did so. not. I think they just partnered with Microsoft to make Quantum Break an exclusive. Right. Okay. Um, oh, Quantum Break! Remember, remember that? So what, I, what I did do is... Quantum Break is in Game Pass because it's a Microsoft game. Um, there's a lot of control in Quantum Break. I bet. There's so much control in Quantum Break, it just doesn't... It doesn't come together because the video game Quantum Break does make you watch 30 minutes of television program as cutscenes. Yeah, you got to uh-huh. see Carcetti oh, fucking talk to you about time problems. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, but also yeah. that that is like that. That was such a victim of a weird shift at Microsoft with the like, who is it? Phil Harrison yeah. era of stuff. Yeah. And, and like going to make TV. They had a TV studio. Remember mm-hmm. that? Remember that? TV oh TV. my God. Yes. Um, can, I, can I say uh, just real quick? I think Remedy has been great in terms of like, you know, experimenting with like format and, and, um, you know, presentations, stuff like that. And like, you know, they've delivered two of the most unique experiences in Alan Wake and also Quantum Break. But when they didn't fuck around with any of that, they made a better video game. Yeah. Yep. Except, I mean, except for know. the fact where that if this thing also has a bunch of their like 
Well, I mean, it, it's yeah, basically them going TV. back to Max Payne style stuff to a large yeah, de- degree. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, th- I feel like this is a much more focused experience in a way. And I think it really benefited from that. And I, I also want to say, um, I, I think I, I've seen this observation in other places and, and y'all can either confirm or deny. But like the main boss fights, and the main line of this game are pretty weak. But I thought the optional boss fights were stronger and there was almost something that i thought was thematic about that in the sense that like um the game mechanically itself is kind of setting you on this path and the path is pretty focused and you're dealing with a lot of kind of the same stuff down this one path and all the branches of the path that the game is like well, yeah, you could go do that, but you know what? It's not really connected to this, and it's kind of its own thing, and it's a fridge that's going to eat you. And <laughs> it's not, not really, it doesn't have anything to do with, like, Dylan, really, but, like, yeah, you can go check out this rubber yeah. duck or whatever the fuck or whatever. And, like, I thought because that stuff was so different and kind of inscrutable, it was almost more effective to me that the optional boss fights and segments were wackier because it was, yes. like oh, this is a different corner of this that I don't understand yet. Right. And you're basically like getting a flavor of it um, and then going back to the, you know, not boring, but like much more focused um, main narrative. And I I honestly like, I wonder if this happens without like this kind of uh, shift back to what they've done so well in the past. Plus, uh, what they do here uh, happens without their like kind of experiments with like weird TV style stuff because like I see yeah. and this is a this is such a poll Danielle I know it must be you um, <laughs> to, you you compare this to Warehouse Thirteen. Uh, there is actually a lot of connective material here. Totally. Yes. And 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 like uh, the thing about it is like a lot of these things with like the, the TV t- style title cards of like Black Rock Quarry and all that stuff like that feel like they are episodes of like a 13 to 24 episode television series sometimes that could be or like some of the side quests feel like, OK, we're going to do like a tiny little episode that, you know, is about like everybody's just hanging out at the warehouse or at, in this case, the, the oldest house or whatever it is. And they have to deal with this weird problem because this week we're not pushing the story forward or we will push the story forward just a little bit uh, while also having a self-contained plot this week as well which is kind of just what some of the best modern TV does a lot of the time uh, now is finding a good balance between that and I think this is what they've basically done is they've basically found a way to make that formula that take some of the best ideas from what works in TV and then now they just made a video game version of it instead of like with Quantum Break making a TV show and a video game at the same time (laughs) right exactly and I think there's yeah I I was gonna say I think there's a little of this legacy in the way that the Threshold Kids came to be and uh, I do love the Threshold Kids so I, I will mention them I know we're we should be wrapping up relatively soon because, you know, uh, we could go on for actually forever talking <laughs> about some some cool things in this game. And, and I, I'm not opposed to that. But I did want to mention my threshold kids. They're not mine, actually. But I was able to actually interview uh, Anna McGill, who was the uh, narrative lead uh, in pre-production, whose, whose threshold kids were really kind of her idea and something that nobody else was super excited about until someone on the cinematic team was like, oh, I know how to make puppets. Uh, let's make some puppets. And I love they, these they weird just things. let them do this weird shit, which is very funny uh, and very good. And they all came out of, uh, so if you're not familiar with the Threshold Kids, I'm not sure why you wouldn't be because they're wonderful. But it's like a deranged puppet show that tells you about some of the things 
in this world. And they came to be in real life because of this, uh, because of the idea of, oh, some of these weird sci-fi concepts are actually pretty hard to understand. So explain it to me like I'm five. Whoa, what if we had a puppet show? And they explained it to me like I'm five. But in fiction, and this is really just a delight. This is a chef's kiss right here. Uh, you find these tapes, these shitty tapes of this really terrifying deranged puppet show that is explaining these concepts, things like the building shifting and psionic powers and so on and so forth. Uh, with its two kids, it's Meg and Topher and uh, an evil uncle, Dr. Mr. Bones, who explains things to them by <laughs> shouting at them. And he wears, he's like a skeleton who wears a child's face on his face uh, yeah. to, uh, as it's, I don't know, it's an adornment of some kind. Uh, but in just, fiction... It's just like Papyrus from Undertale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just Papyrus like Papyrus Undertale from Undertale. <laughs> just, just Mr. Papyrus, Uncle Bones, Undertale. Uh <laughs> There's a beautiful note that you can find it. And just in general, as a general note, this is one of the few games where I made the effort to read every single little thing, every little piece of fiction, watch every video, et cetera, et cetera, because the flavor text was so much fun. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's in a shelter. And in this shelter, there's like a deranged psychologist who's like, well, we have a kid here. Uh, you know, it would be a really great way to explain to this kid all this weird stuff that's happening. A puppet show. I totally took a community college course on on uh, making puppets. And uh, we should make this uh, thing that will help uh, the child who lives here understand what's going on in this world. And it's just this wonderful little bit of story building. And you just completely imagine this really wacky scientists who think they're gonna, you know, help a poor child understand the world by making evil-looking puppets. Yeah. Uh, bored and waiting out a building shift, just writing a note to their supervisor, like, hey, you know what would be a great idea? A puppet show. Can, it's delightful. Can I say something about this? Like, and yeah. I, I'm gonna sound like the biggest miser in the world. Like, I actually <gasps> think that I don't like the Threshold Kids very much. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. Steven. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jeez. I know. I know everybody loves Selling them. Discord in the Discord. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, you know what? Yeah. Single, giant, cloudy tear coming out of Meg's face <laughs> at what you just said. So the, the thing about the Threshold Kids to me, I'll, I'll try to keep this brief because I don't want to just poo-poo on something that a lot of people love. <laughs> it's just like, I love, so I love them in concept. I love the idea because even in that that piece of uh, writing that you find about them, they talk about how like, eh, you know, we don't have any like material to make puppets out of. We'll figure something out. We'll find whatever the fuck we have laying around here. And I think like them making like really shitty puppets out of that stuff and the, the fact that they look really weird as a result is, is really good. But like the writing on it is so like intentionally bizarre and weird and like so unlike anything that anybody would actually write even if they were like doing a bad job of writing like a puppet show like it's so in, it's just so forced to me like the the the, the dialogue with the like ah uh, yes like we're like uh, director bones or mr bones or whatever like interrupts meg to like scream for like 30 seconds or whatever and it's just like <laughs> they would never do this no like they, there is a way to write this where they are fucking it up and it's and it's deranged and funny because they're bad at it. But this is this feels like somebody tried to make creepy puppets intentionally and it feels that way. To me. Well, it's fine if you hate fun. How did you feel about the ashtray maze? <laughs> I, I think I I think I agree with some of your points, Stephen. It's like you know if you're you're, you're building this world with such a believable, um, uh, but but. If if you're gonna make that criticism about the threshold kids, I think you gotta make it about Doctor Darling's videos too. Yeah, I will not. I <laughs> there 
universe. Community, they've got kind they've of got the, the same, same energy. vibe going. It's because yeah. like because I fucking love I like both. Darlings. I like yeah, I, like yeah, I love all. both. Yeah, but like there is also. The quirkiness of Dr. Darling is so constructed. It's very constructed. That, yeah. like, it runs into the, it, like you said, it, it runs, runs into, into that the same. Yeah. yeah. But what, I, what I'll say about, and, and, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, I might be totally nuts. Mm-hmm. The, the kids from the, the Threshold Kids themselves, they are voiced by Jesse and Dylan, right? I think so. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. I think, think okay. they I are. I thought so anyway. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I thought so too. I'm pretty so sure they are. So I mean, at that point, all uh, all so they would need me, to do. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Oh, shit. Is it even real? So oh. that's what I, that's what I was gonna say. Actually, was like at that point, I just made maybe. Hey, maybe this it does exist. But all at that point, all I need is like a text log in there where it's like somebody commenting on like this is not what we recorded. Like I don't remember this dialogue. Right. You know, like like yeah, if they put something like something, that in there. There's something about the the documentation about the Threshold Kids and the actual execution compared to, I mean, mixed with the fact that, like, you know, the the two kids are obvious stand-ins for Dylan and Jesse. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they're voiced by them, that makes me think maybe this exists in a different way to whoever views them. Mm. You know what? Mm. You know what, John? New head. And I kind of love that. Yep. New head cannon. <laughs> like, I don't care what else anybody says. Now I love the Threshold yeah. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody like, can make me not love them anymore. But, I'm no, going to like, take I a think, stand. I think, but that's kind of exactly what I did. Is kind of, totally. I kind of watched the first, first thing and I was like, yeah, this is a little maybe on the nose for yeah. me. And then I was like, I kept watching it and I was like, and I, I of course, admired the the effort that went into making these oh, things totally. just as part of like, what a, what a fucking cool thing. You're watching all these on dumb cathode, uh, cathode ray <laughs> TVs and with a VHS. Cause the oldest house hates new technology. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. you're watching it, this kind of weird Dutch angle almost always. Um, and I, Bad you know, cuts. it's like, yep. yeah, it's like, I, I, I really liked the whole vibe, but then I kind of told myself the story about like, Oh, it's a little bit on the nose because this only exists to Jesse the exact way that we just saw. Yeah. It. yeah. Okay. Um, and so I don't know. So that's no, my. That's my. I, listen, that's head. That's head cannon I, quarter. I'm 100 percent with you now. Like I'm 100 yeah. totally on board with the threshold kids now. <laughs> Not even isn't that kidding. also? I could be. I could be wrong here as well. But that's exactly how I saw dynamite. The sort of culmination yeah. of uh, Doctor Casper Darling being the most. Dr. Casper Darling swinging his butt at the camera (laughs) itself. Yeah. Singing yeah. dynamite. So she came here looking like dynamite. He's singing to Jesse. I read. Right? Yeah. So I, I read so that too. as uh, he had at that point like ascended to the astral plane. It was like a being of pure energy at that point. It was like part oh. of the board or something like that, or it had like merged with Polaris or something like that. And because there's <laughs> stuff that he does in that video that is literally stuff that you would not be able to physically do without unless he sat around with like Adobe Premiere and started editing it before he sent it to Jesse. Um, so I assumed that that was like that that was weird and deranged, but I thought it was weird and deranged that the way that the board is 
Like I thought that he had become okay. one with them or something like, like that, that at that point. Yeah, he had peaked. Like this was right before he disappeared. Right. And, and he, like, he, like he uploaded, he put this on the VHS tape and then just apparated. <laughs> just like, just disappeared. Well, it, I this believe is how he ascended. Evaporated. Like doing this song is how you ascend to the next level of being is doing dynamite. Right. Well, because he, I believe he does, doesn't he contact you via the hotline at one point, which is something that only the board and yes. ghosts are supposed to be able to contact you from. So like he's clearly like some kind of weird spectral being at this point in the, in the story. So he, he, I would totally believe it. And that's why I bought into that idea of him doing that, which by the way, dynamite. It's very uh, good. It's a good, it's a good track. A better or it's stuck in my head. It has been stuck in my head. Just to, to give you a tiny peek behind the curtain. I recently watched the control speed run from AGDQ mm. from, from last week. And the, uh, the, the sort of category for fundraising, like the, uh, uh, the bonus basically was to play Dynamite at the end of the speed run. Nice. And they go and they do it, and it's been stuck in my head ever since. It is just a gem and a treat and a delight. And it is what everybody who and I'm just you know, I'm just gonna put it out there. Uh Dr. Casper Darling is kinda hot. Yeah. He's, he yeah, kinda sure. has hot yeah, dad energy. He's definitely hot, yeah. And and he's, he's in there and he's going yeah. for it. He's nerd yeah, hot as hell. You had to be like yeah, with us, you're like, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm going to dip my toe in this thirst water. No, like dive in. Let's go. Casper Darling. Oh, everybody uh, in this game would, is would, pretty hot. Would, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, uh, 100%. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Darling is definitely hot stuff. And yeah, the yeah. dynamite is, is a culmination of all of that. It's very good. Uh, I, I do want to ask you all one question about dynamite. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Better or worse than the ashtray maze? Better uh, the Ashtray Maze. The Ashtray Maze Maze, I think, is a better um I think the moment of the Ashtray Maze is a more satisfying moment uh, than Dynamite is because there's an interactivity to the Ashtray Maze that is more punchy moment to moment than Dynamite is. Because when I was watching Dynamite, I was like, wow, oh we're still oh. Still going, huh? Okay. No, like, I love this, but we're still doing this, right? But during the ashtray maze, I, like, at the end, wanted to punch my TV. I was so hyped. Because, <laughs> like, it is such it is such a well-designed culmination of all of the... Co- I think the ashtray maze is a better last level of that game than the actual last it's level. The, it should have yes. been the boss fight. It should have been, been, yeah. like, been the boss, the, and then yeah, there the may, maybe, like, have a puzzle at the end or something, like a real yeah. quick moment. Um, because the, the final, the final confrontation in that game is so, such a wet fart to me (laughs) that it like, I didn't realize that that was the end until the game was like, here's the real credits. Also the, the first fake credits is very, is, is like, God, I'm such a sucker uh, for fake credits in video games. Tremendous. Nobody's um, nobody's gonna know what I'm talking about, but there was a PlayStation 2 game called Ghost Hunter, early Nolan North joint. That one uh, that has a, that has a scene where your main character gets fucking killed. He gets shot to death, uh, and then credits play, and then like it boots you back to the main menu of the game. But the main menu loading screen is different, and it's like a like your AI buddy character is like talking to you, and he's like explaining oh, yeah. how like you can come back to life or something like that. But it's not drawing your attention to any of that because it's like. This is like saying start like new game load options or whatever yeah. and then it's just Very like 
you just sit there and wait and it's just like, wait, what's going on? What's going on? And then it just like dumps you back into the game. It's like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a full on Arkham Asylum moment where yeah. you, mm-hmm. uh, you're you doing the Scarecrow stuff and it's like, oh, the game's, bu- oh, the, ga- oh, oh, the game's I, broken. Oh, now, I, now I'm the Joker. Oh, <laughs> like, ah, oh, bummer. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I love stuff like that too. It's very good. It's a lot of fun. It's very appropriate for this game. Um, oh, I actually didn't hate the last last bit. Uh, the the sort of doom pyramid death yeah, stuff. Yeah, I like that too. Um, honestly, I didn't hate it. No, I don't think it was nearly as good as the ashtray maze. Uh, but I did like it more than the giant Polaris set piece combat thing that That's immediately preceded that because I thought that was fairly rough. So for me, it's like the very best ending bit, then the worst ending bit, then the sort of middle ending bit is the actual end, which is a weird. Right mishmash of course i uh, mean in classic writing there's a climax a denouement a revolution so and like a second and a second worst climax that's right. what they teach yeah, you right. in writing school. and then the hobbits are jumping up and down on the bed and then they get on a boat and yeah it just it just never ends uh which i guess is a, a cue for me to probably start us wrapping up uh i want to make sure we got everybody's kind of like favorite bits or or most uh most exciting things in here. We, we've gone through the ashtray maze. We've gone through the endings. We've gone through Casper Darling and how hot everyone is in the game, which is very important. <laughs> we've gone through Threshold Kids and how Steven hates fun. Okay, that's fine. No, I'm back uh, on board now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you shit. I know. It's okay. <laughs> uh, was there anything else that folks wanted to make sure we pointed out before we wrap up on Control? I know it's hard to do, uh, you know, 25-hour game. At least for me, it was a 25-hour game. It might have been longer, actually, because I'm not good at games. But it was something like that. And, and wrapping that up in an hour and a half is, is not easy. It's so tough. yeah. I want to give a, a, you know, a quick shout here to uh, just to all the devs and to Anna Miguel, of course, for uh, granting me an interview about the Threshold Kids, which made me very happy. But uh, yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to leave it out here good. for all of us. Yeah, yeah. it's a very good podcast mm-hmm. that you can listen to on the Fanwidth feed. By the way, I'm not sure if we said that. that. I think we did, but you should, you should, listen you should go to listen to it. It's very, it's very good. good. It's fun. Nice. It's a lot of fun. It was a lot of yeah. fun. She was really super nice and very excited to talk puppets. So that was that was fun for me too. I, I think I think just the thing I'll I'll leave with is um, I think every business should get their own Dylan to let the hiss in. <laughs> um, we have ours, um, yep. and he he has not let the hiss in. But I yeah. will point. I will draw your eye. Oh damn! All right. Well, I'm just gonna. I will draw your eye to the members of this Discord room because a moment ago, now he's playing something else. It did say <gasps> Dylan was playing Gwent. Oh so, no! So Dylan has let the hiss in by playing Gwent in the year of the year of our Lord 2020. Yeah, the, the real world equivalent of a paranormal frequency. The altered world event of playing Gwent in 2020. Um, no, I I I really 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 loved uh, Control. Um, I, I want them to revisit this world in a way that, um, you know, still continues to ask a lot of questions, uh, because I like the way that they still don't answer everything and it's not super clear. And they're obviously going to connect this to Alan Wake in a future DLC, which we didn't really talk about, but I'm going to get to that on my thing. Don't worry. Um, and you know, it's, I think, I think Remedy has, um, I would say Remedy has done the opposite of what Bioshock Infinite did for its own franchise <laughs> yeah. in the sense that, like... There was no racism? Yeah, it's a pretty solid... That's, that's <laughs> one. Helps. Yeah. That helps. 
Uh, the other thing is that, like, you know, at the end of Bioshock Infinite, which is, this is not a spoiler cast for that, but fuck off, it's an old game. Um, uh, like, they kind of just showed you, hey, no, pretty much everything's meaningless, all this shit repeats, it's infinite, whatever, that fart balls. Um, and they kind of like maybe suck the mystery out of some of some of that world a little bit and to me what they've done with this is they basically said we could probably keep making these that are tangentially connected Mm -hmm. to this to this kind of control verse thing until the end of time and it'll probably still be pretty good yeah um as long as they don't you know do too many things on the nose if they don't answer too many questions I think like they've built a world that I'm at least interested in returning to either with Jesse and the crew or with some sort of other narrative that ends up being, you know, uh, tangentially connected to it. I I think they've built something really cool here and I want to see more of it. Hell yeah. Nikki, how about you? Um, they should make more of these video games Ooh. is my take. Yeah, bold. yeah no, it's huge. It's, a, it's like an it. enormous <laughs> take, but I would like to play another one of these and I can't wait for the DLC. Also, um, the, the sound that the game makes when you pick an item up off of the ground is the best sound effect in a video game in the last five years. It's, it's, it's real good. I know Steven, you have, you have, uh, feelings about sounds in video games, mm-hmm. but, uh, but uh, you probably have feelings about something else, too. I, w- I want to let you go, because I think it might have something to do with Alan Wake. Huh? Oh. Yeah, yeah, Danielle, you cut out for me a little bit there, but... Uh... I'm so sorry! No, it was Alan, Alan Wake haunted my microphone! Oh, oh shit! Wow, no. He's in the wires. I don't know how he did that, because he's not a ghost. He's like that guy in the Altered World <laughs> event where he was like inside of like a 911 operator's telephone or whatever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I, uh, I have a couple of things, a couple of smaller things, like, one is just, like, I love the, to tie it into the Alan Wake stuff, like, um, I love it when they're very subtle about that, I think you kind of nailed it on the head there, John, with, like, talking about how, like, don't get too on the nose with it, because I think some of the best, this is one thing I feel like I've not seen enough people mention, which is the band that Ati gives you to play in the Ashtray (laughs) Maze that lets you break the code to get through to, like, the maximum security area, is the Old Gods of Asgard, which is the Two old men band from Alan Wake. It's like that band oh, from that game. Shit. <laughs> um, and there's a couple of yeah, in, in real life it's Poets of the Fall it's like a real band but like in, in the game they've like explained it as that and then there's also like a, uh, a piece of paper you can find talking about how they were like scouting Alan Wake as a potential person to be the new director of the um, Federal Bureau of Control but he disappeared and I think that's about the right <laughs> level of like connective yeah. tissue like the right level of like reverence to give that stuff like I my main fear is that like they will give Alan Wake too much like uh, reverence just by virtue of the fact that you know it, they did that game first or whatever I think Jesse is such a much better character Alan Wake is such a dingling and I think like that only comes <laughs> to sh- like becomes more obvious as the years go by as he's presented as this character who's just kind of a dumbass who like kind of <laughs> treated his wife like shit and like was super worried about himself and his own writer's block and stuff like that Mixing that stuff into this universe, I just hope they don't try to overshadow Jesse in in that stuff because I think Jesse and her little world here are way more interesting so far. At the same time, Alan Wake is is an interesting universe and has some a lot of great stuff in it. I love those games, and so mixing those that stuff in would be great. Um, I would love to see more of that. Yeah, I have, yeah. mix it mix it all in, my friends. 
Oh, oh, just for me. I just, yeah, I was just please. tickled pink by this game. I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole vibe. <laughs> oh, no, I love X Files meets <laughs> bullshit. I love how much there is just like a cute narrative reason for everything. I love how well it, everything kind of fits nicely with level design and sort of power design and verbs and how it's like almost scratching my immersive sim itch. So, you know, I always like that sort of thing. And if it weren't for those demonic difficulty spikes i may have been just on complete you know if i was on like speaking terms with the game the whole time it, it probably would have easily been on uh, my game of the year last year but as it is even with you know some some light flaws it's it's just a thing i love and i'm glad it came out and i'm glad that people are able to make games like this with such a such a fun vision there's a lot of joy in this game i think yeah and it's weird joy yeah. and it's odd joy I but it's joy. <laughs> that's, that's that's a really great segue to like one dumb thing I wanted to point out. We mentioned the yeah. luck, uh, luck division at some oh, point God. in the past. <laughs> yeah. But I, I absolutely loved just like walking into that room where everyone's got a little like tchotchke on their desk that at first glance, if you had not played this game, you would just be like, oh, that's an office. And like some people have like a little lucky trinket on their desk. Like, yeah. oh, that's really cute. But for some reason, it's like you walk into this room and I was just <laughs> chilled immediately by like, oh, my God, I can interact with all these luck <laughs> items. What, like what is going to happen to me if I do this? Like like making something kind of uh, dreadful out of something that cute and like innocuous is like. It, it conveyed an amount of joy to me that I was like, oh, man, I'm having I'm having a blast playing this game in these like small moments. And when those add up like that's a that's a really special experience for me. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, so, yeah. well, thank you all so much. This has been really fun. I, I love playing this game and I also love talking about it. So that that makes me yeah. happy. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking to you guys a- about video games, as it turns out. Yeah. We should oh, have wow. a website for that. Mm. Yeah, do you think we should make a website? <laughs> games have to come out is the unfortunate thing nah. about that. We gotta- <laughs> oh, my God. You, you're not wrong. This shit is bleak right now. Yeah. it's uh, It's been a little slow this month. Uh, I guess that's, that's part of the reason. You know, hey, we'll look on the bright side. It's an excuse to do things like a spoiler cast on a game that came out in August, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's look on the bright side. Uh, so I guess that's what we got for our control spoiler cast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed your spoilerific journey with us. Please be sure to rate and review our podcast. It really does help us. I know it's annoying to hear it, but it really helps. So please do that. Thank you. Uh, listen to all our stuff at fanbyte.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at fanbyte media on Instagram at fanbyte or even on TikTok on at fanbyte. And of course, on fanbyte.com. And of course, and now we have both co-hosts of Late Lunch here, our excellent Monday, Wednesday, Friday talk show on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Do either of you uh, feel like doing a little plug for our Late Lunch this week? Oh my God. Well, you late, don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> no, do it, John. Do it, no, John. Late, yeah. Listen, late, late Lunch is back, baby. It's back, baby. Woo! Better than ever. Back in 2020, <laughs> we've got everything. We've got all the guests. Um... <laughs> Janet Jackson's coming on the show. Janet, Todd, Todd Howard's Howard. on the show the week after right. that. Uh, Doom Guy is showing guy up. Is coming uh, on Doom March, Guy March 15th. I think Tom Nook is on. Tom Nook is Woo! on right uh, when we get back from GDC. Yeah, Tom so Nook it's pretty is big. On. So, yeah, if you join us every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you'll be definitely not disappointed by this, by none of that being true. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we have a lot of fun on that show. Uh, we are also getting much better at putting that up on podcast feeds. So if you go to latelunch.pizza, you will see all of those in one place on the website. So yeah, please do that. You can also uh, see us live at PAX East 
Whoa! Um, we've got a panel uh, that uh, Stephen and Danielle will be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, it's going to be on February 29th at 2.30 p.m. at the Cuttlefish Theater. Uh, I don't know where that is, but there will be a map probably. <laughs> so, It'll be by Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. There's a Dunkin' there's nearby. A Dunkin so nearby. just go to Boston and then knock on every yeah, other door. Yeah. You know, hey, where's Touchdown Tommy going this afternoon? <laughs> Going to Dunkies, baby. <laughs> Going to Dunkies, baby. He's gonna watch late lunch. God, if Tom Brady, Tom shows, Brady, if Tom, late lunch. Tom Brady, if you show up to late lunch, I'm gonna beam you in the fucking face with a football. Oh yeah. Anyway, sorry. God, this honestly, out, who this would not have paid to see that? I'm sorry. You should not <laughs> have great. asked. You, sh- you should not have asked us to plug this. It's not good. <laughs> Okay, no, I think I should have because this is this is a lot of fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the thing where I ask where people can find you all. Where where can people John? Where can people find you uh, hitting touchdown Tommy on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me uh, just absolutely beating the tar out of Tom Brady uh, at, at Floppy Adult on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at John E. Warren because Floppy Adult was taken. So, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Excellent. Uh, a co-host of Late Lunch, Nikki, where, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter.com at Godsua, G-O-D-S-E-W-A. Um, and I'm on Instagram, I guess, is what we're doing now. I just said that because <laughs> I prefer to Grayson. use my Instagram. You don't have to do that. <laughs> well, I've done it now. It's okay. Nikki, N-I-K-I dot Grayson, G-R-A-Y-S-O-N. Excellent, excellent. And, and co-host, not always on Late Lunch, but always on Fanwith and often on You Love to See It. Steven Strom, where can we find you online? I am on Twitter most of the time, although I've uh, deleted it from my phone, so I don't check it very often That's anymore. Smart. Yeah. That's smart. That is Let smart. Me good, good call, good call, good call. I've never felt more fucking clean in my life, I gotta tell you. <laughs> um, but uh, if you do want to go read my occasional tweets, uh, you can find me at, at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M on there. Awesome. And if anybody wants to find me for some reason, uh, I'm at Danielle R-I, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-R-I. You're all going to hate me because I have the best sign off for this podcast. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love to spoil it. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> ah! <laughs> we did Nailed it. it. Oh, God. That's great. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> She called out